When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. It's another big one this week, the second major of 2022, and it's off to Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the PGA Championship. Elk, this is, well, our favourite major to talk about because in 1995, you won the PGA Championship, and I have so much to talk to you about with that because... I've heard great stories from you over the years, but I actually went back this morning and watched it on YouTube and I saw your highlights of playing 17, 18 and then the playoff hole. And first of all, I was nervous, even though I knew what happened. Secondly, and I can talk about it now, it could be my pregnancy hormones, but I was so emotional. (laughs) You were? What about me? It was amazing. It was, uh, and I actually put a link to it. It's on YouTube. There's a f- three fantastic little videos, actually, and uh, you can go and check it all out. But yes, Annie, baby Annie features heavily. Lisa's holding her. <laughs> you finish a team in the trophy. And, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a great day indeed. The course was a little easier than the one they're going to see this week, Diane. Southern Hills is going to be so tough this week. And why is that? Well, it's it's a very interesting venue. It's had, I think you told me, maybe eight major championships. This will be the fifth PGA um, that they've hosted here. All the scores have always been squashed up, Diane. Hardly anybody under par. I think Nick Price in 94, who just blitzed the field. Uh, was double digits under par, but already the word coming out of Southern Hills is going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Gil Hans came back and, um, you know, re reworked this Perry Maxwell design. They took out a lot of trees. They opened up all those little creeks that you see behind you. Wonderful piece of property. Sits way up on a hill, Diane, and then goes right down into the valley. And Perry Maxwell, the original designer, did a good job of going down the hill across the hill, back up the hill. All day, you're just working against the terrain on this golf course. And, of course, it wouldn't be anything without that 30 or 40-mile-an-hour Oklahoma breeze blowing, which it will, the first two days. Yeah, well, that's going to be a huge factor. And um, we're going to get into talking about the course and what the guys can expect from Southern Hills this year. But let's go back and talk about course history. And the last time we saw this in a major was in 2007 for the PGA Championship. And that was won by the one and only Tiger Woods, who's in the field this week. And we're going to move on and talk about him a little bit later on. But as you say, because of the the kind of renovation and the restoration of the course in 2018, 2019 from Gil Hans, it has changed a lot since we saw it in 2007. And, you know, as you say, there have been three other PGA championships that it hosted and three US Opens as well. But, um, you know, Tiger Woods winning in 2007, he was, what, eight under when he won. And I saw this incredible stat that, all the guys that have played it for these majors, only 3% have finished under par. <laughs> I know. 
And I listened to Gil Hans's interview, um, a bunch of podcasts that he did on the redo here. And one of the interesting things that he said about this course was they went back in and they were able to sort of cut into the bunkers a little bit and find out where all that sand had piled up. And they've sort of, you know, got the greens back to their original shape. But they're very small. He said the square footage of these is, is very small. And the other thing that they're doing this week is they've got no rough around the green. And there's some long holes at Southern Hills. And what that's going to do, and Gil Hans, I'll quote him by saying that in regularly in a major, like a big tournament, like a U.S. Open or a PGA, Diane, if you miss the green just off to one side, you might go one or two feet before you're in some high rough and you can just chip on the green. Mm -hmm. This week, the ball is going to go way down the hill, away from these greens because they're all perched up. So now these players, Diane, are standing in the fairway and they realize if they miss the green on the short side or even short or long, they're gonna, the ball is going to scamper away. And what does that mean? That means that over four days, the guys that are hitting the ball the best can hit the greens in regulation. I think this tournament, Diane, will be easier to handicap probably than any, any tournament we've handicapped all season just because there's so many people are going to be out of this tournament right from the start. This yeah. is going to be a battle. It could be over, it could be over par. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, when Nick Price won here in 1994, as you say, he won by a huge margin, uh, six strokes over Corey Pavin. And I watched a great interview and it always makes me think of you because you won the PGA the following year in 95 at Riviera. And it's something that you always said to me that, you know, once you've won a major, you'll never be forgotten. Like your place is stamped in history and Nick Price won three. And in this interview, he had said that he would trade 20 of his regular PGA Tour victories to win one more major that's how much it means and you know the PGA Championship like you it means so much to him yeah and you know of course I'm only the only major I've won is the PGA but it, it was very important to me because I was kind of raised by PGA pros you know my mentor and coach growing up Alex Mercer was the pro at Royal Sydney Golf Club when I came to America basically raised and, and surrogate father from Jackie Burke. He's the pro over here at Champions Golf Club. So I've been around uh, club pros my whole life. But getting back to this course, Diane, it's going to be a handful. This golf course is tough. It's got some long, very hard holes, only two par fives. They should play downwind the first two days, but we're going to see a change in the weather, at least for now. And we may get a north wind blowing in on the weekend. We're going to have no surprises this week. There's going to be zero surprises when we get to Saturday. There's all the best players that can hit the ball the best, can think the best, can handle the stress, and just calm down and, and know there's going to be missed greens, missed opportunities, bogeys are going to be around, can hang in there. Who can play this golf course for 72 holes is the key to handicapping it this week. Well, throughout the week, we're going to be hearing from some of our secret golf contributors who are playing this week. We have a whole load of them that are in the field. And um, after they play their practice rounds, they're going to get in touch with us and tell us how it's playing. But what do we know so far? I mean, you talk about those two par fives. They're long. They're both over 630 yards. So they are beasts. And um, I saw that Jordan Spieth had played the course a couple of weeks ago, went up with Justin Thomas and they played around together. We're going to talk about both of them a little bit later, but Jordan made some great points. He said it's going to play really firm and fast, that it's maybe going to be the highest scoring PGA Championship that we've ever seen. And something that I think was music to his ears. He said he really liked playing it, but he said that 
you know, you talked about those kind of runoff areas around the greens. They require a lot of delicate little chip shots and to really get creative around the greens, which is definitely a strength of his game. But um, it's it was a quote from Patrick Reed who said, there's no breather holes. I mean, you're just getting beat hole after hole after hole here. Yeah, and, and the question will become, Diane, uh, as the week unfolds, will it be, can a player like a Jordan Spieth uh, who was my pick last week, who I said was a big opportunist when he's playing well, first at Hilton Head, second last week. Well, can he keep continue to get up and down or can will it be a guy that continually hits the greens like, a, say, a John Rahm or someone that's a really prolific green hitter that will sort of prevail? I remember in 94 when Nick Price won this tournament. I remember how good he was playing when he came into this event. And I'll never forget watching him play, he was just literally head and shoulders above everyone else. And it showed by winning by six shots. But the eighth hole is a par three, about 230 or 40 yards. And I was watching the highlights one night and then they showed Nick's shot on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all with like a five wood or a three wood, all within about eight or nine feet from the hole. And I'm thinking, I can't even hit the green on this hole. And he's just <laughs> making this smooth swing and knocking it up there 10 feet from the hole. I couldn't believe, I could not believe how good he was hitting the ball when he won in 94 at Southern Hills. And I start to think about handicapping this event this week. And I look at the board and I'm looking at all these players. There's some great players that are playing very well. Mm -hmm. I've only, I've sort of scratched off the people that aren't playing their best golf right now. And I've got a, I've probably still got a dozen of, that are really in form yeah. that I'm looking at. Well, when uh, when Gil Hans did the like the course restoration, he said that he really wanted to bring out those contours in the fairways, the kind of natural contours. So we have those in the fairways, you know, those deep bunkers that are positioned at the dog legs. So they're going to cause trouble, you know, by removing some trees, I guess, you know, widening the fairway slightly. But you've you've said it a few times now and it is going to be an ongoing theme this week. Hitting the green is hard. You know, really, they're they're smaller than average greens, undulated with those long runoff areas. How hard is it going to be for the guys, you know, not knowing that you have rough that's going to stop the ball if you come off? Well, it's going to be a decision. I mean, how precise are you playing? If we start seeing guys that are hitting the ball close to the flag, we're going to know immediately they're the ones that are swinging the best. When we see good players start to play 30, 40 feet wide of these pins, that, that tells you that they're not either game enough to hit it at that flag or they're playing very conservatively and the conservative play is going to tell up with the scores we're going to see even par is a good score you know um there's a there's an old uh historian there at, at uh, southern hills that says that hardly anyone you've already noted only three percent of the players broke par but no one ever gets this course more than once. I mean, Tiger shot 63 the year that he won uh, in a seven, but he only shot one under for the last 54 holes. So he got one crack at it, and that was enough to get him up on top of the leaderboard. Go going back to those two par fives that we talked about just a minute ago, I've, I've been on the green on 13, no problem, Diane. It's a par five with the water in front. But the play All the players will be able to reach number 13. But number five is a long hole, 630 yards, I think you said, kind of wraps around the – the driving range, um, wind down off the left, so the hole swings to the left, so it's hard to get the wind to help you. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anyone on there in two, but I, I bet you there'll be someone there this week that'll be on in two. <laughs> um, and then there's three of the par threes are going to play over 200 yards, but um, I think the, the hole that really stands out is the 18th hole, and Hans called it 
a killer finish. It's the quintessential finishing hole. And um, well, I mean, you've played it. You can really talk about it and describe it in detail. But um, I thought this was great. In the seven men's major championships that have been held here, only two people have made par. <laughs> Everyone else has made worse um, on the 18th. And it was Tommy Bolt at the 58 US Open and Tiger Woods in 2007 for the PGA Championship. So that just shows that, you know, you're coming down the stretch with a, a one-stroke lead on Sunday. <laughs> really doesn't mean much. Yeah, and everybody has to play 18 the same way. It's a it's sort of a you run out of room into a, a little creek and two bunkers that sit at the end of the fairway, and then a dog legs up a hill. You can't see the surface of the green. The whole world is sitting up there. It's beautiful mm -hmm. amphitheater above, kind of like Riviera, where I won. Big, huge backdrop behind us. It's gonna be a great finishing hole. But Long hole, you've got to hit a great long straight tee shot. The further you go left off the tee, your longest second shot, no good. If you miss it to the right, you're in the creek and the trees can't do anything. So you've got to hit a great drive and then you've got to play up a hill from probably 200 plus to get it up onto the surface. And then the green slopes, doesn't it? It's got a really slopey green from like, was is it from back to front at slopes? Back to front. You know, we talked a bit ago about how this, and I'm going to draw it for you later, but the whole property, the clubhouse sits on top and the and the land just sweep, sweeps down. So everything's tilted and, and the designer put a couple of holes across the hill. So there's a lot of slope in the greens. It's, I think, the way, the more I look at this, Diane, I just don't think a chipper and putter is going to win this tournament. I think it's going to be a striker. I mean, we saw it with... Uh, with Tiger Woods, we saw it with um, Nick Price. Both of them, you know, played better than everyone else from tee to green and just managed their ball on the green. Um, but you never know. And then we have a whole other factor that we haven't mentioned yet. And by removing some of those trees in 2018, 2019, this will be even more of a factor because the wind, you mentioned it. You know, Oklahoma's known for the wind up there and this week it's expected to gust. Now, I have seen some varying weather reports and most weather reports are saying, you know, gusts up to 20 miles per hour Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then calming down a little bit on the Sunday. But somebody put on Twitter that the gusts could get up to 40 miles per hour. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? So a few varying reports, but I think it's safe to say that the wind is going to be a factor this week. It always is. I mean, Oklahoma is just, you know, it's like playing in Kansas or in Oklahoma. It's just a very open prairie of, a, of an area and the wind just blows. It just does. And you better be used to it. We've got some Oklahoma State Cowboys that are um, Victor Hovland's going to be there. He's up high on our board this week. Did he have all the experience for playing in Oklahoma at college? Ricky Fowler's in the field. Uh, there's a bunch of guys. I think one of your one of your one of your picks this week is sitting down the board a little bit that could be an Oklahoma State guy too. You know, I was looking at the field and I and this is such a terrible thing to say, but I was like, how did Ricky Fowler get in? And I couldn't work it out. But he finished top ten at the PGA Championship last year, and he hadn't had. I don't think he's had a top ten since. And I think in the year before the PGA last year, he hadn't had a top ten. So. 
He played well when it mattered and it got him into the field for this week. And then we've had a lot of um, guys WDing, which was great for my brother, Russell Knox, who started the week, I think, at like sixth or seventh alternate. And then when Paul Casey withdrew on Sunday morning, he got in. So um, we were all, we have like a family group text. And whenever anyone would withdraw, we were like, he's moved up one more, moved up one more. So um, there has been a few. And at this time, Bryson DeChambeau still in the field. You know, we, we we talk about the fact that he had surgery on his hand not long ago. He put a video on social media of him swinging driver, hitting it a mile. But um, again, we just don't know if he's going to be able to play this week or not. Well, there's not many seventh alternates that get into the field that are number one on the PGA Tour in greens and regulation. So <laughs> Russell Knox should be feeling pretty good about getting a spot this week because it's going to play right up his alley. Um, you know, I think I saw him on the re-rank. Where is he re-ranked in comparison to all the players in the field this week? Uh, Do you have it right there? Find it very quickly. He is, well, he's a, he's in the D category this week on our app, on the SG Tour. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's jumped up. He's 64th in our re-ranking this week. Um, which... So the seventh, the seventh alternate is ranked inside of the cut line with his skills that he got in. That's pretty, that's, you don't hear that very often. It's probably the number one in greens and reg is holding him up there. So that's great. And let's not forget now, that um, when John Daly won the PGA Championship, he was ninth alternate. <laughs> yeah, and Phil Mickelson last week, you already told me, was 300 to one. Is that right? Yeah, last year to win it, 300 to one at the start of the week. So crazy. Of course, Phil's not going to be playing this week, which doesn't really come as a huge surprise. Bit of a shame that we're not going to see him go out there and defend his major title, especially when it was so celebrated last year. But I'm sure he'll be back. He's going to bounce back at some point. Maybe it was just a little bit too soon. And of course, we know, Diane, that we have Tiger Woods in the field this week. He's been to the course twice. That tells me he's very serious about this tournament. So We've sort of put together a, a list of things we know about Tiger and things we don't know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Tiger first, and then we're going to get into our picks. Um, he did say, we we last saw him play the Masters, so he hasn't played any tournaments in between. But he did say that he feels a lot stronger compared to how he did at Augusta National, where he made the cut, played all four days. And um, his caddy, Joe LaCava, he was asked, and he said he just sees a lot more endurance in Tiger for this week. What do you, so tell us the things that we know, the things that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think you just said one of the biggest uh, things that we, that we, we know, which is, um, He's serious about this tournament. He's been, he's visited the course twice. That's the first thing. Second thing, no, he's super experienced about this golf course. He knows the golf course very well. He's won on this course. For all, anyone that watched Tiger play at the Master, you would have to consider what he did was pretty successful. He hit the ball from tee to green really well. He putted bad. We have to assume, Diane, that he would have fixed that. He would have fixed his putting. We have to assume he fixed his putting. Um, as you just said, we know he's probably stronger. He's the best thinker. He's the best strategician out there that we've ever seen. He knows already what this golf course is going to give up and what it's not. So the question there, what don't we know? And what don't we know about Tiger? <laughs> we don't know anything about his form. You know, we can see him swing on the, on the, uh, you know, on the practice. How is he driving? Can he drive it in play? You know, 
there's so many things that we would have taken for granted when we evaluate Tiger, but can he win this tournament? Can he, that'll be, that we, we, I think we have to put to bed that he's going to make the 72 holes on the leg yeah. because he did it at Augusta and this is a much easier walk. So we got that. That's in the book. Yeah. He's probably going to putt better than he did at Augusta. He, he knows what to expect out of himself now for 72 holes. He knows this golf course. He's won here. He's got super experience. He's played in the wind. So it, to me, Diane, it all comes around down to one thing with him is how is he, how is he hitting it? Yep. Can he play good enough from tee to green to get in contention? And by all accounts, we saw him hitting it great in these practice rounds that we've seen, but also at the Masters, as you say, the ball striking wasn't the issue. He was swinging great. It's for once the putter let him down on a course where, you know, he knows those greens better than anyone else. So you're right. You know, do you really think Tiger was going to come away from that and not work meticulously on his putting? Well, when, when he putted poorly at Augusta, that tells me that it wasn't, his green reading because he knows the greens yeah. it was his technique it was his technique so we know we know he's fixed that yeah. so if you're if you're looking to put money down this week on tiger mm-hmm. he's going to putt better than he putted at augusta yeah. he's probably going to hit it good or better he's stronger so do we have to in theory we have to bump him up a little bit diane where, where are we putting him I know. Well, I looked at his odds. He's uh, about 66 to 1 to win. But I really liked he's 6 to 1 for a top 10 finish. And I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I see him playing all four rounds and I see him finishing a lot better than he did at the Masters. So, you know, 6 to 1 for a top 10. I would take that. I like that. Yeah, for sure. He, he, you never know. You, you, you haven't. You don't know my picks are yet, anyway. So you never know. <laughs> you do know mine. So we are happy to team up with Dundonald Links for the tour report. Now they are at fantastic golf course and resort in my homeland of Scotland. Check out the website dundonaldlinks.com and you can find out everything they have to offer. Have a look at the course and look at this massive twenty-five million pound development that really turned it into the ultimate five-star luxury golf resort now if you're planning that bucket list trip to go golf in scotland then make sure you add dundonald links to your list they have so much going on there as i said they did this huge redesign and uh, the course is just looking amazing Uh, along with that they have obviously the places that you can stay they have you know luxury surroundings the amazing driving range that they completely redid and well you get to play the course and Another part of it is they have worked with whiskey consultant Blair Bowman to create whiskies for their whiskey room and you can do this sampling with over 100 so that's definitely something that would be special and you would want to add to your list. So as I said check out the website for all the information it's dundonaldlinks.com. Right but we're going to get into our picks because as always we're going to give each an outright favourite, a one to watch and then a dark horse. Now there's As with any major, there's a real set of favourites that dominate the top of the board. You know, I think we're both going to give you one of those. But what it means is when you look further down the board, you'll find some great value. And for example, the guy that I was set on as being my one to watch, his odds are so high, he's going to be my dark horse. And I think he's my little little tip, my my secret golden nugget for this week. But um, let's start with outright favourites. And I'm going to give you the honours since you are the PGA champion. So you go first. 
Well, I've got them in front of me here, Diane, but, you know, I'm looking at some of these stats, the, some of these great accumulation of stats, and Scotty Scheffler, who is not my pick this week, however, I'd like to speak about him for a second. He says this is his favorite course. He shot a 64 here recently in a practice game. His stats are un unbelievable. Um, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, let's see here. Scheffler's like fourth in total driving, 16th in greens in reg, 10th in putting. I mean, he's got, you know, amazing statistics. He's 123rd in, in, in scrambling, but anyone that watched the Masters understands that Scotty Scheffler is one of the great chippers of the ball. And I wanted to kind of explain to you and everyone else, not that you need it, but maybe others, why, how could Scotty Scheffler be 123rd in, in chipping? Well, if you're leading or almost leading the greens in reg, let's say tour averages 13 greens out of 18 or 12 out of 18 to hit, Scotty's hitting 17 greens. And the one green he missed, he didn't get up and down. He's yeah. batting a zero. And that goes that goes into the stats. And so you, you have to look very closely, Diane, at the combination of stats. And I'm looking at I'm looking at greens in regulation and putting. Those two combat means he's on the green more than anyone else, and he putts better than anyone else almost. <laughs> and that's why he's won four times and he's a Masters champion. However, the only guy that's going to su surpass him, I wanted to pick John Rahm because I think John Rahm is <laughs> number one in driving, number one in greens and reg. And I promise you John Rahm will be there at the end of this tournament. I don't even know why I'm not picking him. He won in Mexico. He's been putting bad, been chipping bad, but he just won a tournament. No, I'm going with Cam Smith. Diane, because he even has superior stats than those guys. Cam Smith is first in putting and he's eighth in greens and regs. So he hits all the greens almost and he's the best putter on the tour. More importantly, top 10 in bogey avoidance. So he's going to go over the green. He's going to be in the bunker, but he's going to get up and down and he's going to stay with it. This tournament is going to be won by one of the superstar players. They're going to hang around all week. They're not going to be up and down. They're going to be there the whole week. And Cam Smith this week, I was just with him two weeks ago, coming off three weeks break, probably been fishing with a three, 400 mile an hour, three, 400 horsepower on the back of his boat, but I don't care. And he's going to have hair longer than you. And it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Um well, Cam Smith is 22 to 1. Let me look at some of these other odds that uh, of guys you just mentioned. Scotty Scheffler is 11 to 1. John Ram is 12 to 1. So, you know, these guys are really up the top. Justin Thomas, 16 to 1. Morikawa's 18 to 1. So, um, yeah, I love it. Cam Smith, I had a feeling you were going to go with Justin Thomas, who when we did our re-ranking this week, he came out um, number one. But I should have really thought about that. I should have known. <laughs> well, there's a honestly, there's a dice roll you could give about ten guys up there, and you've you've, you've named most of them. I, you know, Alexander Schauffele, who was three over par at one point last week in the tournament, oh, finished up twenty two under or something. Yeah. Almost, you know, scared everybody. Uh, so he's back on his game, the Olympic uh, gold champion. I've got double ticks next to a you know Rory McIlroy. We haven't spoke of you know. Um, other hot players, Max Honma, who just won at a tournament where a very high score won, where he's been fighting the conditions all week. It's going to be so easy for Max to get in the mode this week. So yeah, I like him too. Hey, Xander. But there's only one number, there's only one winner. Okay. 
Well, my guy is 18 to 1, and I am going with Jordan Spieth. You had picked him last <laughs> week for the 18T Byron Nelson, and he ended up finishing in a tie for second. The thing that I like about Jordan this week, well, I like a lot of things, but when you look at like the top six on the odds boards, he's not one of them. He's a little bit outside of that. So I think that's why we're getting him at 18 to 1. But he's playing phenomenal golf. The thing I really like is when he's playing phenomenal golf kind of week after week, he's playing different golf. For example, when he won the RBC Heritage, he said he had one of his worst putting tournaments ever. But then I looked at his putting stats for last week and they were brilliant. So it just shows that you know, whatever was going on there, he was really capitalizing on the greens. He fixed it. He, he fixed, fixed it. it. Which we yeah. hope Tiger's done. Um, he, I spoke about this, that he played Southern Hills with Justin Thomas a few weeks ago. And for him to say that you have to play a lot of really delicate little shots around the greens, I'm like, oh, there we go. That's his, his forte. We know he loves that. Um, you know, so can he hit the greens and if he doesn't hit the greens will he know what to do well he will he's Jordan Spieth and um yeah I just think that he hasn't won the PGA Championship before it's the one major that he's missing he's had a runner-up finish here but um, after not winning being the Dallas hometown favorite last week you know this he looked happy that's one thing when I was watching the coverage on Sunday he was smiling from ear to ear and he really had the crowd behind him but he looked so happy out there and he was playing great so I am going with Jordan Spieth to take home the Wanamaker this week and there'll be a lot of talk about him closing out the Grand Slam of course as you said there he's only missing the PGA he played well last week and under a lot of pressure of course I picked him I said he was an opportunist Jordan, when he gets going, he's almost impossible to beat. I'd hate to play the guy. Imagine playing against Jordan Spieth in match play. You miss a green and chip it in or miss a green and chip it up and make a 10-footer. Incredible player. Sponsored by AT&T, playing in his own backyard. Still performed. I could never do that. I always felt too much pressure and I just couldn't do anything in my in my backyard. But Jordan, not Jordan Spieth. He's an incredible player. Okay. I like it, Diane. It's a great pick. Um he could, he could complete the slam this week. It would be so great to enter, see him enter the history books at Southern Hills. Right, um, next up, moving on to our ones to watch. And these are guys, you know, higher odds, kind of middle of the board. I'm making a game time decision here. And the more I think about it, the more that I'm like, these, these two guys are pretty similar players in a lot of ways. Uh, do you want me to go first? Okay, well, my first guy is Corey Connors. And I said to you that one of the reasons I didn't want to pick him is it just felt a little bit predictable. But then, you know, we talk about the fact that it's a major. So we have to go with guys that are solid ball strikers. And that is Connors' thing. He's got a great major record, you know, three top 10s at the Masters. He had a top 15 at the Open Championship last year. T17 at last year's PGA. But he is, he's a fantastic ball striker. And you've already said that you think that's what's going to win it this week. We just need that hot putter. And I think that um, his length and also the fact that he does play well in these windier conditions are going to hold him in good stead this week. So I like Corey Connors at 66 to 1. And then the other guy, and I know that you're going to be like, oh, I don't know about this, but Cameron Young is 80 to 1. And I know... He's a rookie, missed the cut of the Masters, he missed the cut of the players, but he's had four top threes this year. 
Three of them are runner-up finishes and one came at the Wales Fargo Championship just a few weeks ago and TBC Potomac was a tough course. He had a runner-up finish at Riviera, which is a tough course and I think that's the thing about uh, Cameron Young too, hits the ball a mile, great ball striker, but it's just the putter <laughs> that needs to get hot. So um, I like him too at 80 to 1. I thought that uh, Cameron Young and Cody Connors, I couldn't decide between the two of them, so I'm just going to give you both. I think Cameron Young is the best-looking new young player I've seen in probably five or six years on tour so easily. He was disgusted with himself at the uh, Wells Fargo in finishing second because he was putting poorly coming down the stretch. Absolutely disgusted in himself. He hit it, you know, close on 16, missed it, close on 17, missed it, hit a good shot up on 18, didn't hit a very good putt, and he just walked off totally disgusted with himself, <laughs> head down, shaking his head, just finished second. He hits the ball so well. Cameron Young, he'll he'll get that straightened out. It's a great pick. Well, I didn't know you were going to pick two, so I'm going to pick two. Okay, <laughs> okay good. <laughs> well, this player is another one of these experts at uh, bogey avoidance. And he's, I not I don't normally pick guys that come across the pond because I think it's going to be too hot in Oklahoma or they wouldn't be able to handle the heat. Uh, this kid just finished, I say he's a kid, he is to me. I think he finished second also at the Wells Fargo. Number three in scrambling, but hits the ball so good. This guy, I watch this guy all the time and I've never picked him for anything. But Matthew Fitzpatrick, Continues to impress me all the time. Straight hitter, very aggressive, goes for the flag all the time. The only thing I don't like about him, Diane, is he putts with a pin in on every putt. He never takes it out at all. And that's that that really bothers me, but that's okay. That's one guy. He's at 45 to 1. But the other player to watch that everyone's going to be watching is Tiger Woods. We just went through it, Diane. He's better than he was at Augusta. Can he, and you said six to one to finish in the top ten. Who is going to bet against Tiger Woods after he's made the cut and he's sitting about 20th on the board, uh, knowing this golf course like he does, and he's stronger and better and he's fixed his putting? I love it. And um, we would all love nothing more than to see Tiger go out there and, and play great. So our dark horses have to be over 100 to 1. Um, I'll let you go first because I was saying my dark horse, he was going to be my one to watch and I couldn't believe the odds. So I'm I'm saving him until the end. Yes, yeah, so I, I'm starting to think about this week and I, I know what this is going to happen this week. It's going to be so difficult. Players are going to get over par and it's going to be hard to fight back and it's going to take a lot out of them early in the week with the wind and the heat and so on and so forth. My wife reminded me today she'd never been more hotter following a golf tournament than it was at Southern Hills in 1994. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that hot because it's going to, the wind's going to be blowing. But these two players, I've got two of them, Diane. One's 175 to one and one is 200 to one. Both of these guys, I think, have the ability to have good enough attitudes to hang in there hang around and see what happens. And I'm talking about Joel Damon at 175 to one. The reason I'm picking him is he's about 12th in greens and greens and reg. And the other one is Luke List, very strong hitter of the ball, amazing length off the tee. Same thing, 200 to one. He's also ranked 12th in greens and reg. So those two guys, I've got to hang my hat this week on guys that can really play from tee to green. Okay, and Joel Damon just got in as an alternate as well, so he's going to be filled with fire. Right, my guy, 
is from Oklahoma. He was born here. He went to Oklahoma State. So he's going to go back and he's going to love having the fans on the course. So that's going to be huge for him. Then he's had an, a phenomenal year in that he had his first win on the PGA Tour, but he's also had three top 10 finishes, two T11s. He finished T14 at the Masters not long ago, but he's really cementing himself as someone who's going to contend a lot and he's going to be around for a long time. Taylor Gooch is 150 to 1. So I was completely shocked by that, and uh, I am jumping on him as my dark horse this week. Yeah, I love I love that pick. I mean, there's other Oklahoma State guys. We didn't mention Victor Hovland. He should he'll be a crowd favorite this week. Uh, Ricky Fowler's in the field, as we as you already noted. I think I, I think I saw one more. Did I? Or was it Taylor Gooch? Or was that it? I think those are, those are the three. And then, you know, we've talked about the fact that you have to really narrow the field down. The, a lot of the field, well, 20 of the field are made up of PGA club professionals who got in. And, you know, OK, we're not going to be putting money on any of them to go out and win. But they have some great stories. The PGA of America, of course, represents the 14,000 clubs that are in America. These club pros have their own tournament the U.S. Club Pro Championship, and the top 20 from that event get to play in this one. And what a celebration for them and their families and representing all those 14,000 club pros that it will be for them. Maybe, just maybe, we'll get one of them to sneak through Diane and play good and see his name come up on the leaderboard. That'd be great. Well, there's one story that I loved, and I'm going to be looking out for Michael Block. Um, his son caddied for him during the PGA Professional Championships, and um, he has on his golf balls printed on his balls why not <laughs> so i thought that's great he's going out there like hey listen this is an amazing opportunity i've been given like let's just enjoy it and and make the most of it and and why not you know so michael block he's got my vote this week <laughs> the toughest thing that i felt for the club pros when we went to these Tournaments, Diana, is where they get they they come to this event. There's a lot of pressure. Yes, of course it is. It's a major championship, and they're not used to that pressure. But they have to play the hardest course that we're going to play all year, and this one's going to be the hardest one all year. So it's going to be very difficult for them. But I hope they can maneuver their way around here, no problem. I know, me too. I tell you, someone that we haven't mentioned that I just want to throw in at the last minute because he is Mr. PGA Championship, and that he's won two of them. Finished runner-up last year behind Phil Mickelson, but Brooks Kepka, we haven't really mentioned him. Um, he withdrew last week from the AT&T Byron Nelson. Never really said why, but. Um, this is so creepy, but I follow his personal chef on Instagram and they went straight to Tulsa. So she's been in Tulsa ever since he withdrew, um, talking about like finding all this food and whatever. So they obviously went straight there and um, and hopefully, you know, whatever the issue was, he's been getting help with that and he's been working on his game. But Kepka kind of finds a new gear when it comes to majors and the PGA is just one that he loves. Yeah, there's a you're talking of Kepka. I, I agree with you. We 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 haven't spoke of him for a reason, and he hasn't been in the forefront of our minds of, of good form. You know, there's we haven't talked about Colin Morikawa today. We haven't talked about Dustin Johnson today. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a few names here that uh, deserve some some talking. But Brooks Kepka has had a few small highlights, but it's been a while since he's really been under the heat and. It'll be interesting to see that magic light that he used to flick on when he came to the majors. It's getting a little 
dull. In other words, it's been a few majors now. It's been a couple of years without that light flickering. So, look, he's a he's a tremendous talent. He'll be at Tulsa, as you've said. He he knows what this golf course is going to give him. It's all all about Brooks whether he's got the attitude right and whether he can prepare well enough to hit the shots. This is this is an execution course right here. We talk it when we when the players go to Augusta. Many more players are in the game. Bernard Langer has good rep. He beat Bryson DeChambeau there two years ago mm-hmm. because they can get around that course. It's not that way this week. This is a very difficult test this week and brutal if you miss the green. Okay, well, the whole time we've been recording this, my eyes have just been like blinded by the shiny Wanamaker trophy over your shoulder. You have to give us a close-up. We've got to see a close-up. It is the most uh, impressive trophy in golf, isn't it? Like, it's huge. It takes it takes the most drinks. I know that. Like, 37. <laughs> takes, so, uh, it's a good one to win. So, so. Wow. I'm going to go. I'm going to, uh, maybe today or a little tomorrow, I'm going to go down and find the four champions from the um, Tulsa, from Southern Hills, and maybe tell a little story about how they won each one of them. You know, and I may even walk through my house. You know, this was a department store in like Chicago. That's a little um, bunch of grapes there at the top, Diane. So oh. this 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 trophy's had plenty of action with the lid off. Can't get the lid off. <laughs> well, if there's, if there's grapes on the top, it seems like it was meant for some sort of alcohol. Yeah, no, it's a great trophy. You're right. And there is no better feeling than holding it on the 72nd green of wherever you are. So, yeah. Oh, as I watched earlier and cried my eyes out. <laughs> you must be emotional with the baby. But, but I, know, I cried. I cried. There's one thing that, that, that made daughter. me laugh. I know I loved it. There were well, two things. When you finished the 18th in regulation and you came off, you were tied. You and Monty were both on 17 under there. And uh, you went over and hugged and kissed Lisa. And then you lifted up Annie's little hat and you kissed her on the cheek. I was like, oh my gosh, bawling. And then uh, there was another thing that made me laugh because your caddy at the time, Dave Rennick, he was Scottish. And as you were hitting your approach to the green on 18, he said to you, hit it in the most Scottish accent ever. I'm like, oh, that was so good. It was the only Scotsman uh, that was not pulling for the other Scotsman in the history of Scottish sports there okay. against Colin Montgomery, another Scot. Yeah. But Annie, Annie uh, the backstory to Annie, Lisa was was rocking her so much. Peter Jacobson was standing uh, and his wife, Jan, was standing next to her up on above Riviera. Peter said, let me, let me hold Annie. You're going to rock her so much. You're going to wake her back up. So, <laughs> so he, he held her this, he held her this way. She didn't look nervous. I was watching it and she looked, whenever they showed her, she looked really calm. They saw, they showed her putting the pacifier in Annie's mouth as you were about to sink that putt and the playoff hole that won you the PGA Championship. Annie used to have a pacifier on each finger. She, she went back and forth. <laughs> she loved him. Right, well, as you say, we're going to record a little bit more uh, later in the week. We'll talk about the Wanamaker and um, all the, the PGA Championship victories that we've seen at Southern Hills. But wow, this has got all the makings for a really exciting PGA Championship. As Jordan Speed said, he's predicting it to be one of the highest scoring that we've ever seen. And we can't wait.
Social Podcast Network.